Welcome to OceanFit's Onshore Podcast, where Andre Slade, that's me, meets the unordinary people of the open water swimming and water safety community onshore to talk about their adventures, lifestyle and passion for the offshore. In this episode, I met up with Paul Lamont, a Masters swimming and life-saving champion and coach who embodies everything it means to be a Masters athlete. Paul, good to see you again. It's been a long time. It has been a few years. I remember, gee, back 2008, I was commentating surf ice saving events back then up here on the Central Coast. And that's when I first came across your name, your protégés at the Terrigal Surf Ice Saving Club. And I've always known you as a master's competitor. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Well, a lot about that because that's something I'm very interested in. But if we go back to the beginning, you were, in fact, a junior and senior competitor and a very good one at that. Yeah, I actually grew up in the surf here. I live on the Central Coast, lived on the Central Coast most of my life besides when I went away to university to study. But other than that, I've grown up here and I've been lived here most of my life and I enjoy the lifestyle here. And I basically did my nippers years at Avoca Beach Surf Life Saving Club and just did it for fun. Used to just enjoy going down there with mum and dad on the weekends and playing around in the surf. And that's where I grew to to love it. And it wasn't until I was in my last year of nippers that I started to get serious. And that's when I won my first ever state medal in the surf race. And it seemed to be surf swimming seemed to be something that always came more naturally to me than say probably what beach events did on on right run doing beach sprints so and that thinking oh I might get more serious about this now and from there I just decided to get fairly serious about swimming surf life saving and open water swimming from sort of when I was 13 and 14 onwards so it all started in Avoca yes when did you move to Terrigal and well I competed um, in Avoca until I was um, into my mid-20s and then I was at Wumbrell for a few years before accepting a coaching position when I went into my early years as a master's competitor at Terrigal and I've been there ever since at Terrigal and um, haven't looked back. So you're a, you won your first nippers surf race as a little one and you've pretty much won Ever since, haven't you? That's what it seems. What, that's what it feels like. Yeah, yeah. I've I've been I've had a successful career, um, a career that I didn't expect to have. Um, you know, but, but I have to admit, when I um, was competing in opens, it was it was I was fortunate enough. I was in a came through a great era where you had uh, I competed against the Mercer brothers um, quite, for quite a few years. Like I had to go at the Nutrigrain series, and I was also in the Uncle Toby series in ninety two, ninety three. Was dominated by the likes of Trevor Hendy, Guy Andrews, Sean Kenny, just to name a few. They're, they were all people who I competed against over over a few years there, and they were, they were the absolute legends of the sport. And I wasn't ever at their level, but at that time of my life, I was also I just finished uni and was was fully into a full time career at that stage, and it was just a privilege just to be competing against those guys. Um, but I was sort of like 
they were sort of doing it full time. I was doing it part time and then just enjoying it a little bit more and was probably a bit more laid back and probably wasn't up at their level um, when I competed in, in at that time. But I chose to, um, I was more career minded and was enjoying doing a little bit of teaching as well. I didn't, I, I just, because I, my sport's always just been something that I do to enjoy, not to earn money, even though I was competing in that and I was competitive and I enjoyed competing and I trained hard for what I did. I didn't um, ever take on going to that level of being a professional full-time athlete. What would training have looked like for you as as opposed to the full-time athletes back then? Yeah, well, basically I was, I was training probably once a day because I could always fit it in morning. I'd fit in like a morning swim session or a morning, maybe a morning Ironman session occasionally. And um, I was probably training once a day. They were probably training two to three times a day, which is okay because I don't think I'd still be doing this, like being involved now as much if I was had done it then. Um, as much then, I think I do it more. I've always done it more as a balanced lifestyle type thing and – I always enjoy having um, training. I love the training and and also competing. We're also always training for major championship events each year and I just enjoy getting out there and competing, win, lose or draw. It doesn't matter how I go. And over the last few months I've been re- able to reflect on this and you look into why did I, do I do this sport and why I do it is because I enjoy it and I enjoy the lifestyle and just getting down there with all my mates of an afternoon, um, just getting out there and training with the and, and coaching as well, coaching the, the, the nippers sometimes and, and most recently I've been coaching some of the – last year I took the ski program at Terrigal Surf Club and – in the and I've coached uh, many a few couple of athletes up to that professional level as well. Like they've been involved in the Kellogg Nutricane Ironman series before they migrate north to Queensland. You talk about sport, training, competing, being just a lifestyle, and I totally agree with that principle of just be consistent and do it all the time. I'm not going to compare myself to you at all, but when I was young, I would be getting ribbons in the <laughs> swimming events. Like, but and my friends that would be getting the golds, they don't do it anymore. They don't swim. They don't compete. They don't do anything. They're unfit. Whereas I've continued my whole life mm. and just always swim. So mm. you know, while now I could, I mean, easily beat them, I think you're more successful in sport if you continue to do it and you continue to enjoy it. Not only for your enjoyment but also for health and fitness yeah i think that's really important and i know my my grandfather and my mother they won't they won't mind me saying this but they've they've suffered from depression and i know that if i don't do some sort of physical exercise each day which i enjoy which i've always done just my morning exercise i don't do much more um if I do that, I find um, I'm a lot more clearer in the head and I'm mentally more stable and balanced person. And I believe if I wasn't doing my sport and I wasn't doing that, I could possibly be suffering from a little bit of depression myself because I know that when I don't do it, I'm always a little bit down or if like whenever I get sick, I'm, <laughs> I always get down because I can't do what I enjoy doing. And at the end of the day, it's and like you said, it's it's 
going for a swim in the ocean or just getting out there. I love body surfing and playing around on my board in the ocean. I do a variety of things and and even just going from for a morning swim in the pool, training there and in the in with with my teammates and squad squad friends. Um, it's it's nothing like it. Nothing beats it. And you might be getting up at half past five, six o'clock in the morning, and then you go off and do a day of work, and you feel so much better when you're starting the day and clear in the head, and your your day runs so much more fluently if you can do if 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 I'm able to do exercise of a morning. Why do you think it is that you keep going, but those other athletes that you competed against didn't? I mean, we've seen people like Trevor Hendy come back and compete a little bit later in life, and I mean he's he's just crazy. He just yeah, picked natural. it up and yeah, yeah nat- he's, he's a natural, natural. A natural legend. I think he's even won the board rescue yeah, with, his, with son. his son. How good was that? I mean, that's <laughs> fantastic. Those goals are. That's one of the most inspirational things I've ever seen. It's, and it just shows the caliber of the athlete that you were competing against in that era. Like, um, I was just privileged lining up against Trevor Hendy and Guy Andrews and all, all that, you know, and the Mercer brothers. They were all they're all fantastic athletes, and it was it was really good being a part of that era, and it made me a part of who I. I think you know it just just makes you and and they were like uh, household names and before that before their time I used to idolise guys like Grant Kenny and Robert Chapman and and when I and the, the person who got me into it who actually used to commentate on the Uncle Toby series when I was doing it a guy called John Holt he was from Cronulla he won the uh, Ironman he's one of the top Ironmen in Australia and won an Australian Ironman in the in the mid seventies so. Um, he was, and that was, I can remember watching him compete when I was about seven or eight years of age, and him winning his Australian Ironman title, and Robert Chapman, and and Greg Allen, whose whose sons have gone on to be successful um, ocean sports competitors, and who who've competed at the highest level as well. And I know Hayden, his one of his sons is still competing at a top level. Um, as well, in, and he's just actually gone into Masters. And I know he, he competed successfully in the World Masters in Adelaide a couple of years ago. So it's great seeing all the sons come back of these legend Iron Men and, and, and sons and daughters, like um, Darren's daughter, Darren Mercer's da- um, daughter, Geordie, competing. It. It's it's great to see that the the family traditions live on and that they're all out there having a go and going around the course and enjoying themselves as well. And you can see the pedigree, how talented they are as well. G'day, kia ora. I wanted to take a quick break to tell you about OceanFit. Back in 2009, OceanFit started as an ocean swim school on the golden sands of Bondi Beach. But now we've become so much more. We deliver our world-leading training to hundreds of swimmers every summer on beaches throughout Australia, and thousands learn from our free educational resources online. Our Swim Scout directory, available on our website and app, will help you find a swim buddy, connect with social swimming groups, and discover swim events throughout the country. You can also participate in one of our events, escape with us on a wet and wild weekend, or immerse yourself on a boutique ocean swimming holiday at home or abroad. So what are you waiting for? Dive right in at oceanfit.com.au. Enjoy the rest of this episode and swim free.
you've won oh, gee, numerous state Australian world championships in swimming, surf. Which are the ones that really stand out for you? What are the events or the victories that you've had that, that you think, gee, I really earned that one or that one was just a little bit more special than the others? Actually, the one that was really special to me, it was in when I was just first in Masters competing and it was um, it was at Manly Beach and it was quite a big was quite a big surf actually and it was my first world titles as as a masters competitor and I I was lining and people think oh you get to masters you're not lining up against the field you once were well you're still sort of competing against your own age group which it it can be quite competitive so I was lining up against a guy called Darren Mercer who at the time was still competing as a professional athlete in the Nutrigrain series. Like this was – so he was still going well. And the year before that had won his second Australian Open Ironman title. So he was still in good form. And and winning that and beating Darren that day was one of the most memorable moments in my career, um, winning that first Masters Ironman, World Ironman title and beating him on that day um, against the – someone who I really look up to and, and more importantly, really just a good guy. Um, I regard Darren as a good friend He's and uh, comes from a great family and it was, was just great winning that day at Manly in the year 2000, coming back 20, year, 20 years ago. And it actually, and, and it was about 10 or so years later that he came back and he lined up against me again in the Ironman at Karawa, it was over 40 years Ironman, the Australian Ironman title, and that day I beat him in a sprint to the line as well. So we've had some great races and uh, some of the Masters races that I've had, um, I've had some really good races against some great competitors of the past. And I've also had it. There's another guy in a surf race who I've competed against who is a former Open surf race and surf belt champion um dean peters he went he competed in the 92 olympics and we've had some great surf races and i i had a victory i've had a victory or two over him in the surf races as a competing as a masters too so that those those have been really good and uh, to be honest i would have been happy to come second or third behind those guys because i i have um i have so much respect for what they've achieved in their in their personal careers, and I, I always looked up to them as athletes, and they always set a big bench, benchmark at the time I was competing at, in the open competitions. Would I be right in saying that beating a certain person that you follow within the sport is more important than just winning the event? Because in masters. Not every time you line up, the field is full of top quality athletes, mm. just the way kind of Masters is, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So are you always kind of watching out when the lists come out for who you might be competing against because you're a, a win mm. against someone yeah, that you've yeah. competed against before or yeah, someone that you've yeah. beat, who has pushed you or a past, you know, legend? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, no, I don't, look at it, I don't look at it that way because whoever lines up, lines up. And what you do, you just do – what you, you just do your personal best on the day. You can't control who's on the line or what the conditions are going to be like or what's going on in the day. You just worry about yourself and, you know, and sometimes I've had times where I'd, I've had people who 
I didn't even know have beaten me in races. Like they've had good lucky breaks, they've caught waves, and that's part of our sport. That's the nature of the sport, and that's one of the reasons why we line up for the sport. <laughs> and um, why we line up, like I've had, I've had occasions where, where fortunately, I've I've caught away from out the back and beat like beaten legends before. Um, I guarantee probably. <laughs> 99 times out of 100, they'd beat me in that, but um, I can always claim my claim, something I can lay claim to fame for is I've beaten Kai Hurst in a surf race before only because I caught a wave. And that's what the nature of, of surf swimming is. Surf swimming is. Um, and I've beaten him in an Ironman race once before. You know, this once in probably I've compared, I, I actually Kai's a different era to me, but I have lined up against him a few times and more often than not, he just absolutely flogs me. He's one of the legend of, of his, uh, uh, arguably the best open water slash surf swimmer in Australia. And I'm, I'm been privileged enough. He grew up in this, my local area here and was in Wombrow Surf Club for quite a few years before the current took him north. <laughs> oh, well, he went to Manly and then he went to, to um, he, he, the current took him south and then he went way north and he's been on the Gold Coast ever since and now he's back here sort of thing. But he's one of the true legends of the sports and, um, you know, things like that happen too and that's what makes the sport so exciting. So surf lifesaving is made up of many different disciplines. Yeah. Uh, run, swim, board, ski. As you've got on through the years into Masters, which of those disciplines becomes the hardest, which are the ones that are a little bit easier to, to maintain as you get older? I think as you get older, the, the something, and it's something that's become very popular in Australia. For me, I think surf ski paddling is a lot easier. I think it's low impact on the system, um, on the body. So, and at the moment, I know ocean ski racing, not that I've done any of them, but ocean ski paddling is becoming a big sport in itself at the moment. And so I think something that, that I seem to maintain fairly easy, even though I've never been a specialist ski paddler or ski paddling hasn't been one of my strengths, it's something that you just get out there and you can enjoy going for a paddle with your mates, doing a downwinder or catching waves and doing that, you know, it's that's something you, you and can do and I think you can do for all your life as well as, and this is to all the ocean swimmers out there, swimming's great. Um, it's low impact on your system, has so many th- benefits um, just getting out there and swimming in the ocean. I find that the hardest is the running. My legs are a lot, are a lot slower than they used to be. When I was sort of competing in my open years, I was quite a good starter. I always was strong off the beach and could always be, you know, I, I wouldn't ever say that I was a, an outstanding waiter, but I could always be in the top part of the field when I waited out. And say now, if I if I line up in an open surf race at local, just say at a, at a local level, I, I don't do it opens at, at state or Aussie level, Australian level anymore, but say I, I did it at a local level, I know if I just run into water water against local competition, I'm probably about 10 or 15 minute metres behind which you'd expect the teenagers and that those who are in their 20s. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my legs are a lot slower than they used to be and I find as I get older too, you have to be really cautious about your lower body, like things like calf injuries, 
um, hamstring tightness, all that sort of thing. So you've got to really stretch quite a bit, but not do the, you know, you're more susceptible to getting a lot more in leg injuries just going in and out of the surf running. Now and I find I can't do as much of that now as I used to. You've got to be really just, you know, wrap your legs in cotton wool, so to speak, and just really save your, your running and your waiting and all that sort of or thing to basically just your races now and make sure you're well warmed up in your legs because there's not many masters surf carnivals or masters ocean swimming races that go that go by without you seeing someone tear a calf muscle or do a hammy in or something like that so you've got to be really cautious as you get older particularly as you get above the age of about 35 managing your lower part of your body You've transitioned out of surf into some, some other like-minded sports. Yeah, open water swimming, masters swimming, pool swimming, and you've also been involved in the pool rescue life-saving events as well. So, how, how yeah. do you enjoy those three different events? Yeah, I love it, and that's that's one of the reasons why I think I'm also still competing. Is I do a variety of things. Like I don't specialize in anything. I just you just do it for the enjoyment. Like I and and also my surf club Terrigo, we're way into the pool rescue. So I get involved. Like you go to a world championship event, half the events are pool rescue uh, pool based events, half of the events are, are ocean based based events. And I've been fortunate enough that I I do I've been able to pick up um pool rescue events quite well. Um just I think because of my ability in the water I guess and and just my familiar my water familiarization and feel of the water and I just do the mannequin carry and mannequin tow events um okay with fins on and and um I just enjoy doing all that so I do a little bit of pool rescue and I also do a little bit of which is pool master swimming which is separate to surf club events so I'm involved with uh, the Edelong Pelicans Master Swimming Club and I do compete in a range of events and believe it or not I compete in individual medley I guess that's like an Ironman in the surf I've always been like an all-round and what I do like do all the disciplines and um individual medleys and and backstroke are probably my main events that I do in the in the pool swimming events and Oh, that that's also something different too. It's a, it's a new social group and uh, our friends and and a different form of fitness as well. And I mainly do the pool rescue events as for surf lifesaving and pool master swimming in the winter while it's too too cold to sort of down in these southern areas to paddle all year round. Do you notice a difference in the type of person who does surf lifesaving as opposed to open water swimming as opposed to master swimming or yeah yeah they're all different groups of people and um i've been fortunate enough i've been around those for 25 to 30 years now and it's it's great i meet there's often people they just do surf lifesaving or they just do pool swimming and and i've i've been fortunate enough that i've i've and sometimes you you see some of the surf competitors who basically do swimming in the surf 
they also do um, master's pool swimming as well. They do both and they become really close to you usually because you've got those connections. But the people, there's people who do one or the other as well. They can only fit so much in. But I just still like doing a variety of them. And I, so I don't, I'm not always full on into my surf life saving or full in. I just do a bit of both and it's just all, it's about balancing it all out and enjoying it and seeing where what you're focusing on at the time. If in the open events, mm. you know, the Ironman champions and the, the pros, they're the, they're the legends of the sport at that mm. level. In the Masters, mm. who are the legends? Is it the 90-year-old, 100-year-olds that are still yeah, going the around? True, the true legends are guys like there's a guy from North Burley, the last Australian championships called Neville Demesta from North Burley. He is he's 81 or 82. He was at the time. He'd be a bit older now. But he I saw him in quite a challenging surf just saw him completing an Ironman and he was just phenomenal the way he did it. He did the, he completed the whole course, you know, and he did it within, he did it under 20 minutes. So it was quite an achievement and he just went round on his ski and he just took his time, went through the surf and he's a true legend of the sport. And there's another lady who's in Tweed Heads in Coolangatta, Shirley Kemp. She does the pool rescue and she does the iron, um, person events like she does the swim board and she she's she's over 70 and she goes through these moderate surfs and she's one of the true legends of the for the women um one of the pioneering masters women of surf life saving and you you see these people competing and their inspiration you think oh wow I'd like to be I'd like to be like that in 20 or so years time you think of it yourself you're not that far off that age yourself and you just look at these uh, competitors go around it's phenomenal and then there's guys who are well into their 60s like I train a little bit and do some ocean swims with a guy called Don Boland and he's in his he's in his mid 60s and he's I've always looked up to him and he's done a lot I've done a lot of open water swimming and training with him and I was fortunate enough to be able to compete in a surf team with him a couple of years ago and with me him and another guy, Peter O'Byrne, we we won the surf teams event at the World Championships and it was great just being in a team with him. And so I'm fortunate enough that I am I can look up, I have some of these older people to look up to as well and, I, and it's just inspirational seeing all these people competing. And in pool swimming, there was a man who he, unfortunately has passed on now, but he, he was 100 years old, George Coronis. And he competed in the Commonwealth Games trials when they were held on the Gold Coast a couple of years ago, 2018. And he set freestyle records for his age group. It was phenomenal. And he's 100 and you're thinking, wow, he's 100 years old. How good is that? Like, And you're thinking, and this is where swimming's really good. It's a low-impact sport. It's not hard on your system like probably like what running is or athletics is, you know, you're more susceptible to injuries where swimming it's a low impact exercise that, and it's and at the same time it's very therapeutic and can clear your head and really open your mind. You know, clear your mind. It's just and that's where swimming, whether it be ocean swimming or pool swimming, it can really clear your mind and head. Isn't it amazing how our definition of a role model changes as we go from our youth into our masters years? Yeah, and I think 
to just sport in general, um, just just sporting like the surf sport and swimming. I have you look up to the, when your masters all these older competitors, but you still look you have your inspirations too of what all our youth are achieving today. Like I'm very proud of some of the pe- the the children who I coach or or some of the athletes who I've coached. You like to see them achieve. Of course, that's 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 great to see. And then you look up to all our sporting champions of today, like Shannon Eckstein, who's just retired from his professional career. What sort of a career he had? And Kai Hurst, I mentioned him before. He's a true legend of sport. And Zane Holmes. And then you look at Ali Day, who is a true gentleman, not just always has the time of day to say hello to you. Not just a true champion as a cool and get a gold legend, but and and champion iron man but also just a nice guy um who's guys like that's it's great seeing people like that you know they they're such a role model to not just the younger members of society but also masters competitors and other adults and it's great to see that the future of surf sports is in in great hands with with people like that who are leading the sports, surf sports in Australia at the moment. What are your coaching philosophies? Yeah, uh, well, my coaching philosophy is, first of all, you have your athletes there and you say, you ask them, why are they doing this sport? (laughs) You know what I mean? Are you doing it to, you know, and, and you have to ask them and, you want them to be saying to you because I enjoy it. I want to be here with my mates. I want to. I want to keep fit. You know, they all have their different re- reasons for why, and and you just got to. You need to mention to the athletes. That's 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 my philosophy. You want to find out off the athletes why, and you want them to be enjoying it and developing skills to become competent surf lifesavers at the end of the day because. Really, that's what they are. They're surf lifesavers, and often you'll find that you, you, you can. Then that's what, what basically why you're doing it because you want them to become and confident in the ocean, and they can hopefully go on to either coach themselves in the future or help train other surf lifesavers up in the future as well, and it, and they develop. And my philosophy is is to instill in them skills for th- life skills for further life. You'll often find surf lifesavers. They become a, they. I guarantee most of my squads they become they become successful adults. Like uh, they go off to uni or they go off and find have run successful businesses in trades or they have they're always successful people like. From a lot of the, the ones I've been coaching at the moment, we've had people who have come gone on in their life to become doctors, physiotherapists, ambulance drivers, successful builders, plumbers. You know, they've all gone on to be successful in there, and and have um, some of them are having showing my age now, having have got great families now, and they've grown up and. And they've gone on to become successful people in their own personal life. So I think that's my philosophy is you want to 
first of all, you want to find out why they're doing it, but also you want them to develop life skills so they can cope in their further life. And they often have that and can go on and go through, be resilient and go through hard times where they're fitting in not just their daily fitness schedules, but also their study and their work life as well as well and then later on in their life also dealing bringing up successful families and all that as well and i think that's that's really really important is developing a whole balanced person so it's important for the athletes to enjoy it. and you're not the first coach that i've talked to recently that is where enjoyment has be, is one of the first things they talk about and that's isn't that great just just getting out in the surf in the waves and in the ocean how good is that like that's enjoyable just thinking i'm just thinking about that now and that's enjoyable in itself and you tried to tell me just before that your athletes come with really good skills and you don't really do much. I mean, those weren't your words, but that's a little bit what you're implying. Yeah. But you have to be a great guy and a good coach for your athletes to stick around and, and to want to train. Yeah. So coaching isn't just about teaching skills. It's about no. being a life coach. Yeah. That's essentially what you're saying. Yeah, it is. And also um, I think coaching is a lot different to what it was sort of in the 70s 80s, so to speak, like when I was doing it, um, was when I was competing at that professional level, like in the Nutri-Grain Uncle Toby's, I didn't actually have a surf coach myself either. So I've learned a lot just through being resilient and learning from my ups and downs. I've just learned a lot through what I did and I think it's very important. Now, back then it used to be doing the hard yards and overtraining and, you know, even though I was only doing one session a day, I was always – burning the candle at both ends, so to speak, you know, trying to fit everything in into your life. <laughs> and um, I think it's it's if you're a coach, you need to check in on your athletes' well-being is more important and mental health and just, just you know, seeing that everything's going okay and not every day is going to run smoothly and you have to have your days where things don't always go according to plan or you're a little bit down or you're – you know, just check check on with them and just offer them that guidance and support and be there for them. How are you coaching surf swimming now? How would that have changed and how are you coaching surf swimming now? How do you create a Kai Hurst, for example? Let's take away the fact that he was just naturally gifted. But if you were to try and coach someone to that level, what does that look like? I think, first of all, you'd have to get them into training in a squad with a swimming coach and most swimming coaches are pretty switched. Well, the swimming coaches that I know, they're pretty switched on these days. They're a lot more mindful of how their athletes are feeling and who they are as a person rather than just get in the pool, train hard. If you don't do the work, go away, you know, I think, it's really important just to get them, let them get get in there and and sort of not be so hard on them and, and so authoritarian and dominating. Just let them get in. So so first of all, I'd suggest they yeah, just go in to to do a bit of do their mileage in the pool, get their technique their, their techniques right, like on flat water, like board paddling, ski paddling, paddling, looking how they're moving in the water. So doing a video analysis. And then getting all that going. And once you go doing, the, doing that, if they choose to, to, which a lot of them do, if you want to get them to that level, they've got to do a combination of long aerobic 
work, long, slow distance, so they call it, and the short, higher intensity, hard stuff. So a combination and is that in of both, both the pool and the ocean? Both the pool and the ocean without overdoing it. Like personally, I don't think that, uh, and the latest sports science research shows this, you don't, they don't need to be doing more than two sessions, two really high intensity sessions a week and probably five to six like where they're just doing the, getting the skill and the aerobic distance done, so to speak. But it depends on the individual and treating each athlete as an individual. You'll find some athletes can ha- handle a high workload, others can't. So you've got to look at the look at the athletes as individuals too and personalities. There's lots of things to take into consideration. I could talk to you forever about the variety of athletes that I've had over the years. Like some can handle high volumes of training, some can't, some more sprinters, some prefer to do Okay, you know, so you got to look at the athletes themselves and how they're performing and responding to the workloads. On the technical side, when it comes to technical skills in the surf, getting through the waves, body surfing, how has that been coached these days? I think it's basically just getting them out there and learning from their mistakes and playing around in the surf. Just getting there and getting them diving under the waves early, and if you see they're diving under too late, just let them know straight away. So it's just getting them out there in the conditions and getting them. You know, and getting them in close and, and getting them, don't, don't put them out in huge surfs, just put them out in smaller surfs and gradually build up, like go from smaller surf, like, you know, the old saying, you've got to crawl before you can walk, so to speak. So get them out in the smaller surf and then a more bigger surf and then really tricky, huge surfs, you know. And, and They've just got to spend time things. in the water, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, and spending time in the water and, and at the same time just enjoying it and getting out there and playing around in the surf. I think that's what the secret is, just playing around and, and getting out there and, and and also getting out there with your mates as well. I think it's always important to get out there and enjoy it with your friends or even just a mate. And that's the golden rule of the, the ocean swimming into and doing ocean things is having someone out there just for, for your own safety. Absolutely. And, and I've become somewhat of a critic of nippers more recently because I think it's kind of overstructured and there's not enough water time because I think just like you were saying, we just need our athletes, we need our kids just in the water playing, enjoying it with their mates. Yes. And, they, and the, the more hours they put in it every weekend, every afternoon after school, the better they'll come naturally without being overcoached. That's right, and overtrained. Yes, yeah, for sure. And I think that's that's what it's about. And and you know, and and it's up to them. You just have to look at what they want out of it, and what they and look at what their goals are, what like what they want are, are out to achieve. And and you know, you, you might get. I think it's it's great if you can just hopefully they can become better surf lifesavers in, in the long run, you know. Not all of them. There's only small percentages of them that are that get to compete at that professional level or win medals at state and Australian or even get to finals. There's only a small percentage that will actually do that. So it's not always going to – it's not necessarily just about getting more, getting the most out of them for what they want to do. We all have our personal goals and achievement and you'll find that doing – surf is just a part of what they do like they might have other interest and they often have other interests outside of surf sports which is a good thing you know what i mean it's not everyone's cup of tea i was fortunate enough that i got to coach amy northern into the professional ironman series from 2009 i think it was until about 2012 until she decided to move up to train with michael king on the sunshine coast one of my proudest coaching moments is when 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 we had amy she went down to portsea 
And I remember that day I was there. Yeah, I know. And you were there. And basically, Paul Broadbent, Paul Broadbent and I, we outsmarted every coach on that beach and we told Amy where to go because we wanted to, our goal for that day was for her to finish in the top 10 because I think she was in, she needed a top 10 to get into contract for the next year, for the next year. And I think she only had two rounds left and she, we just wanted her to stay in that top 10, but we just took a little gamble knowing that we could, we knew where the rips were and we knew we knew what the surf conditions were like and so we just used our experience and background and our knowledge to get Amy to win that day and um, I would have loved Amy to to get some more wins but she she had a successful um, career but she never really never saw a winner race again so those are proud moments though yeah but that was a great moment we was yeah that was phenomenal that day that was a great weekend and bring um, back more Ironman racing and big surf at Portsea <laughs> that's all I say yeah 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 it was great it's it's, it's definitely a ever since the, the Uncle Toby's were held there in the late 80s early 90s it's always been a popular venue for for the events and I think if we uh, just rotated it between Pihar in Auckland, New Zealand, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Portsea in Victoria, yeah, I mean, just the action would bring it back onto mainstream TV, I reckon. Before we uh, finish up, there's one thing about being a Masters competitor that I've always thought needs strategy, and it's the fact that Masters events – uh, grouped into five-year age groups for the most part. So you'll have the 30 to 34. 34, then 35 35. to 39, yeah. Do you need a strategy for how you train, compete, deal with it from coming into the age group as opposed to being into the middle of the age group and then on your way out? Are you are you kind of hoping that the big events come around just as you're coming into the age group? Yeah, yeah. As you get older, it gets tougher as you get into the older part of your age group, but what I do is I just look look back at it and you just do what you can do. You're not always going to it's – not, it's not about – it's just doing as well as you can. You don't want to look at the results too much. It's just about doing as well as you can and enjoying it and being well prepared for the event and hope. And and, and as you get older, it's, it's, it's a lot harder to control your performances sometimes because as you get older, you, things like injuries do creep in more often and more frequently. And sometimes illness might creep in, you know, because you're getting older and you have to realise this. So don't. What about some ego? You'd have to think, I haven't got any data on this, but you'd have to think that those sitting towards the end of the age group are probably less likely to turn up or bother and he's probably skewed more to the younger. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But what I try to do, even if I'm up the up, I'm the, like I'm getting to the upper end of my age group now. I'm 53, and I'm in the 50 to 54 years. But I, I, I look at if I'll, I'll still compete, and I don't have that as much expectation on myself as I move up. And probably, in a way, you probably enjoy it a bit more. Uh, because so you there you go. So there's less expected. Expect, yeah, less yeah, expectation probably, as you go up the yeah, age. Yeah, but and more enjoyment as you go up. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But you also got to look at it. Masters is about enjoying the competition and it gives you something to train towards, you know what I mean, and in, enjoy the training along the way, the journey. Otherwise, when you you might aim for something and and then what happens to you when you achieve that, 
and Olympians even do it, there's a big downer at the end of it. And so you don't want it. You just want to enjoy the journey of, of getting, if that makes any sense of aiming towards your goal. And you know, when you achieve your goal or you don't achieve your goal, you, you, what you're doing is you want to look into it and look, oh, how good is it? I get to train with a like-minded group of people each day in you know, at the beach or at the pool or wherever the training environment may be and I'm leading a healthy lifestyle and this has helped me hopefully and you look look like I'm over 50 now, you, look, you just want to keep a good mobility up and health as you get into these crucial times of your life, these older times of your life because you see so many people in the general population now have all these health issues and my best friend is a, is a doctor and he sees a number of people who are coming into his surgery with all of these these complaints and you know they they want a quick fix they want to they want a pill they think that's going to give them magical and usually it's knees and the knees is basically because they're overweight you know, he says, I'll oh, just go out and exercise and lose a bit of weight. Yeah, write you, a subscription for Paul Amon. Yeah, and that's <laughs> go and see him. Yeah, it's just to keep it's just to keep fit and healthier as you as you get and mobile as you get older. And as you get older, that's that's what's more important is just being mobile. So if I can I enjoy competing, I enjoy keeping fit. So that's what I like to do. Hopefully will like to do as I get older. And I hope that's what masters that's what I think Masters is all about and I just hope I, I can get that message across to Masters athletes. Other Masters athletes don't get too concerned about your results in the competition but just and or be too hard on yourself if you don't get to what you achieve because basically. You're winning all, by just being there. You're winning by just being there, you know, and if you can, if you've got that approach, well, I think that's, I think that's more important than anything and if you happen to win a race or – uh, get a placing or whatever that's a bonus <laughs> you know what i mean and because at the end of the day it's it's about keeping he- healthy fit mobile as you, as you become older and just hope that that will help you and give you more chance of being able to to live a, a healthy life and compete in the yeah. 100 to 104 <laughs> oh, yeah 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 everyone hopes that they if 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 they're happy with their life, you know, hopes to live on for many years so they can be there for around their friends and family and everything else. Thanks for your time, Paul. It's been fantastic. All right. Thank you. Thank you.